0: This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our feature sermon. Unpopped popcorn. Well, in the scriptures, it talks about popcorn. Not really But Christians are like popcorn, very much like popcorn, hard-headed, hard-shelled. You know popcorn, you can boil it all day long and it's not going to get soft because popcorn is made specially to be popped. And so it's a hard corn and in each kernel of popcorn is a drop of water, every one. And when you put that hot that popcorn with that drop of water in heat, that water expands and it pops from something that's inedible, cannot do anything with it, but once heat is added to it, it turns into something that's awesome and wonderful and it smells good and it changes the whole environment. Amen? You all like popcorn? Good stuff. And it's full of fiber. It doesn't add weight. It's good for you. And you know, there are some companies that will not allow you to have popcorn in the building. Because when you pop corn, it changes the whole atmosphere. Isn't that right? And when popcorn is popped, it smells up the whole room. And everybody desires it, just like a Christian should. We are the aroma of Christ. And our presence should change the whole atmosphere. But whenever you pop popcorn, there is another kind of popcorn. When I was in Memphis, Tennessee, they call these hard tacks. These are the popcorn kernels that have gone through the heat and did not get changed. Amen? Well, let me read it to you from Revelation. Let me me help you understand it. It says, I know your works that are you are neither unpopped nor popped. I wish that you were unpopped or popped. But because you're hard tacks, I will spit you out of my mouth. See, you can't do anything with hard tacks, amen? Hard tacks hang around in, with the popcorn and hardtacks think they're pop popcorn. They think they smell good because they hang around popcorn that smells good. And they, some of them, you have a little bit of white on them, but they're not completely popped. They've gone through the fire and never got changed. And so you're eating good popcorn, and then you bite into a hardtack. And all you can do is what? Spit it out. Can you pop it again? It's useless. All you can do is throw it away. But the book of this this uh, promise to the to the hard tax is good news because Jesus Christ is the or- Orville Redenbacher of the universe. He's the only one that can take hard tax and repop them. Amen. Good news. Isn't that good news? And in this scripture, it tells the three things that must happen to hard tax to become popcorn. Oh, popcorn is so wonderful stuff. And so we don't want to be hard tax. We want to be popcorn. He wished even if we were cold, if we were unpopped, because then he could pop us. But mm, he has to make a change. And if you look in the scripture, he says, well, the hard tacks, see, they think, I'm increased, I'm I popped. Don't I smell good? Don't I look good? Look, I got a little bit of white on it. But he says, you don't know that you're nasty. You taste bad. All you do is hurt my teeth. No, I have to spit you out. And he says to you three things that need to happen for us to become popcorn. In verse 18, it says, I counsel you to buy from me what? Gold. The first thing you need to have good popcorn is heat. Fire. Who said that? You got to have the heat. Gold tried in fire. Now that means you're going to walk through something. All that live godly shall. What? All that live godly shall. You don't know? What is it? Suffer persecution. All that live godly shall suffer persecution. You know, when I first heard that, I when I first came into church, I didn't, and my life was so good. I didn't have any persecution. I didn't have any trouble. And I just think. No, life is wonderful. I'm just, life, I'm just praising the Lord. I'm just loving it. And then stuff started hitting me all upside the head. Amazing. Things must happen in your life. God will allow heat to happen in your life. Now, the way of the transgressor is hard. Now, they have a hard time too. But the heat that, that, that God is talking about brings you to a, a knowledge of him and a trust in him. It has redemption atta- attached to it. God will let us go through something, like Joseph, from the, from the pit to the palace, and like the hotter the fire, the, the brighter the goal, the purer the goal it is. This young person came in from school, and she was so upset, she said, dad, her dad was a chef, and she said, Dad, I don't even want to go back up to school. The way they talk about you, they're so ugly to you. She said, I just got so many problems and try, Daddy, I don't, I don't know if I can deal with it anymore. I, don't, I can't do this. It's too much. Father just quietly went and got three pots, filled it with water, put it on the stove, turned it on high, and let those pots come to boiling. And when they came to boiling, he in one pot, he put some carrots, and in another pot, he put some... He put an egg, and the third party put some coffee. After a few minutes, he took it off the fire and put the carrots on the plate, put the egg on the, on the plate, and put the coffee in a cup. And he asked his daughter, what do you think? And she touched the carrots, and the carrots were soft and mushy. She took the egg, and it had gotten hard. She had to crack it open, and there was a hard, shell, hard egg and a nice boiled egg. And then he said, let's t- t- taste the coffee. And she t- he said, "Ooh, too strong. And he said, that's what happens when heat is applied. Three things can happen. Either you can get soft and mushy. The carrot was nice and strong, but then when the trial came, it got all soft and mushy and could not stand on its own anymore. Or it can become like an egg. The egg was soft and pliable and fragile inside, but after you boil it, it becomes tough and hard. He said, or like the coffee, you can become rich and strong with a trial. When God adds heat to you, you have a choice on how to respond to that heat. All kinds of things must happen every day. Every day I work in that hospital. Everybody that I know... The doctors, the nurses, the patients, the employees, all have something they're walking through. Amen? Do you know one day you didn't have something you had to deal with? And if you haven't, it's because you never drove on (laughs) I-4. I-4 is a market colonial. That's the number one you kill people street in the nation. More pedestrians die on. Colonial than any other street in the whole world, there are trials here just across the street up in this place. Amen? Amen there was a a lady and she woke up and she was so upset everything was going wrong her her month was longer than her money. she got more bills in the mail the. Ref- she had started washing a load of clothes, and the wash machine stopped working in the middle of it, and so now she got soggy, dirty clothes in there, and the washing machine isn't working. And her husband called and said he wouldn't be, or he was coming home and bringing the boss in a half an hour, and it was just too many things going on. And she burned the food up and she did all kinds of stuff. And she was just up to here with it. She put her little two-year-old, she put him in the high chair, gave him his pacifier, and she put her head down on his little tray. And she just started crying, I can't do this. And she was weeping so much, her little two-year-old took his pacifier out and put it in his mama's mouth. <laughs> Well, actually, you comfort with the comfort that you're comforted with, and he knew what to do. Mama, you need that pacifier much more than I do. (laughs) Trials will change us, but God will use that heat to bring us to a knowledge of him, and he's trying to get rid of the stuff we were talking about in Sabbath school today. When you are angry about a thing, no, when you're fearful about a thing, that is God saying, this is a place that you have not learned to trust me yet. That's all it is. That's something you believe I cannot deal with for you. So he will let us grow, go through persecution and trials and problems. My daughter, when she was just three years old and my oldest son was five, I was telling them the story about Jonah and the whale. And I told them the story of Jonah and the whale and how he made it to Nineveh but he was in a whale and God had to spit him up. He was disobedient. And he was in the whale and he was praying, and God had the fish spit him up, and he went on and did righteously. And then afterwards, I had a big box, and I said to the kids, I said, Now you're Jonah. What do you think Jonah prayed when he was in the whale? The box was the whale. So Jared got into the box, and he said, Mommy, I think he said, Dear Jesus, forgive me for being disobedient and let me out of the whale. Right. Good job. That's just what he understood the story. Good job. And then his 3-year-old sister Ariel, she got into the box afterwards, and I knew she would do the same thing cuz she heard me applaud her big brother. So she got into the to the whale box and I said, "Ariel, what do you think Jonah prayed when he was in the whale?" And she said, "Mommy, I think he prayed." Dear Jesus. Thank you for the whale. That's not in the text. Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. Thank you for the whale. I said, she got it. She understands. The thing I thought was going to swallow me up was sent for my salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. God will send heat to us to save us. Praise him. The second thing you need, it says in the text, first one is, Buy of me gold tried in the fire. The second one is and white raiment that you may be clothed. White raiment. The second thing you need for good popcorn is salt. <sighs> white raiment. Let's Ellen White says it this way in Desire of Ages, page 439. All that would present themselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, must receive the saving salt, the righteousness of our Savior. Then they become the salt of the earth, restraining evil among men as salt preserves from corruption. But if the salt has lost its savor, it is there. If there is only a profession of godliness with the love of Christ, there is no power for good. All of us must have the salt. To have good popcorn, you need salt. How many of y'all like popcorn with no salt? You know what? I like some. There, the salt that we usually use is, has lost its savor. Because the salt that most of us use, the Morton salt, has been kiln dried. So they take the salt, they put it in these big kilns, and they burn up the salt till they take all the savor out of it. And they put it in, they add some stuff in it, and they sell it to us. And it causes us to have high blood pressure, hardening of the arteries, amen, because it's lost its savor. But every red-blooded animal needs salt. You've seen elephants. They will go trek long ways to get salt. Deer have salt licks. Every animal needs salt. We got salty tears. We need salt, but we need good salt. That's why we should use sea salt. Sea salt that is naturally dried, because sea salt that naturally dries good salt that has a savor Helps our hearts, helps our blood, helps our thinking. It's good for us. But when it's lost to Savior, all it does is make you sick. Well, anyway, we've got to have the righteousness, the true salt of Jesus Christ, which brings healing to our bodies. Let me tell you about my friend David. David was a young man that worked with me. David was, um, when he was born, his name was Gregory And his mother had tried to have an abortion. And he was a live birth abortion. Every abortion does not mean that the baby's going to die. And a bunch of them live, but they've got lots of medical problems. And once they live, they're a live birth, though you've tried to abort. So she tried to abort him. He was born alive, ended up at our ICU down here in Orlando for months and months. He was there so long, the mama said, I don't want him anymore. And she abandoned him. So that's twice. I don't want you, try to kill you, and the second time, I'm done. So David was in the hospital for a long time with a bunch of medical problems, and there was this lady there, an older woman who was taking care of the border babies. that are babies that are there a long time that nobody wants. She fell in love with little Gregory, and did I tell you his name was Gregory when he was born? Oh, good. So she fell in love with him, she, she went to adopt him, and the doctor said, don't, don't adopt this boy, he's not gonna live, he's got too many problems now. But she felt impressed to adopt this child, and did adopt him, and when she adopted him, she named him David, which means beloved. So she took David home, she grew David, but David had a messed up bowel, and so he had a colostomy bag all of his days. Can you imagine what it was like for him to go to school as a six-year-old with a colostomy bag? The children treated him horribly. He couldn't play things. He couldn't do anything. They called him all kinds of stinky names. And every holiday, every Christmas, every Easter, every Thanksgiving, he was in the hospital. He had so many surgeries. When he showed me, he pulled up his shirt. He had no navel anymore because he had been hacked so many times. But he was working for me, and he was in his 20s. So when he was 11 years old, Miss Ella, she died. And so now he doesn't have a mama again. But her son was a pastor, grown man. And he and his wife adopted David. That means his brother adopted him. Now, this fa- this uh, pastor had two sons, Philip and Stephen. You got it? David. Philip and Stephen you know it's powerhouse prayer going up in that house well anyway when he was 13 years old David was going for surgery and the parents were there but Stephen and Philip were Stephen and Philip were there and they prayed so the three of them prayed and the next day, David went to prayer I mean to surgery his heart His lungs collapsed, they revived him, they got him through the surgery. The next morning, when the doctors came to see him, the doctor came in scratching his head and said, I don't understand, but all your parts are together. I don't understand, but I look at this x-ray, and everything is where it's supposed to be. I don't understand. He was a surgeon, and he didn't know how it got to be where it was. But you and I know, don't you? Well, anyway, from that point on, David never had to take any more medicines, never wore a colostomy bag, and never had any more surgeries. Amen. Hallelujah. So as he got older, and I'm talking about the righteousness of Christ, when he got older, his natural grandmother had stayed in touch with him and checked on him from time to time. David started praying with his grandmother, his natural grandmother, and led her to Christ because he's studying for the ministry himself now. And so the grandmother accepted Jesus Christ, and a while later she died. At her funeral, he went to the funeral, and there he saw his natural mom, he saw his natural mom. Now, all these years, knowing that she had tried to kill him and then abandon him, he had formed all these words to say to her. He was going to tell her off, he was going to get her told. And as he was walking to her, he said, Jesus changed his heart to a heart of righteousness. Isn't that good news? God can give you a new heart in a minute. But anyway, when he went to his mother, he fell down, he wept, he asked for her forgiveness for thinking all the wicked things about her, and told her he wanted to have a relationship. And they began to have a relationship, as we were working together. But the good news, the good news is that David found out that he was not her only child. She had four other children. And all those, she was, this was the only one she tried to kick to the curb. She was sick of having babies. And she tried to kill that one. But she found out that all the other kids were in jail or on drugs or selling drugs. Hallelujah. David was the only one that was spared. Now, what story does that remind you of? That's it, Joseph's story. The one, what you intended for evil, God always intended for good. And David started going to the prison, meeting his relatives, and giving Bible studies to all of them, hallelujah, to save their lives. Let me tell you, well, God knows what he's doing. And the trials, when we are covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we will take those trials and problems and give them a whole new understanding that good news so the first thing we need for good popcorn is what some heat some fire the second thing you need is some some Christ's righteousness which is the salt and then the third thing it says and buy of an oil to anoint your eyes that you might see eye salve so that you can see the third thing that you need for good popcorn is what some butter some oil do you know it's the oil that helps to keep the salt on Isn't that right have you ever had air popcorn hot air popcorn the salt won't stay on you got to put a little butter up on there and make that We have the Holy Spirit so that the righteousness can stay on. We can't be righteous by ourselves. Amen? Good news. So you have to have that third thing for good popcorn. Got to have some heat, some salt, and some oil. The oil represents the oil of the Holy Spirit that gives us discernment. That's what the Sabbath school lesson was about. So that we can understand evil and under good, so we can detect sin under any guise, so that we can understand. Now see, we've got a problem. Romans two one says, Thou, O man who condemns another, you do the same thing. What that means, I hate that text. I love it, and I hate it. Because every time I'm saying, you know, she is such a gossip. <laughs> He's saying, you're the one. The thing that you're mad about is your issue. Thou, O oh man, who condemns somebody else, is because you're doing it. Don't you hate that text with me? Yeah, you do. Because as soon as I call you out your name, I was doing it. He's such a liar. You, the one. <laughs> such a gossip. She just, she just such a backbiter. Who are you telling? You're the backbiter. You wouldn't be talking about her. <laughs> because we don't know how to, we don't know how to diagnose well. Have y'all ever had a little bump in your mouth? One of those little bitty, little, little thing, and you run your tongue over it and it feels like it's this big? Or, you got a little piece of little piece of sand in your shoe and it feels like a rock. Because we don't diagnose well or have you read you read some symptoms, sweating and and thirsty and you read the symptoms and they said that's diabetes and all of a sudden I got diabetes. <laughs> Folk need to be careful about self-diagnosis because spiritually we try to say, well, I got this problem and I got this problem or oh, I don't have this problem. or oh, I'm free with that. That's not my issue. That's her issue. And he's saying, you need ISAV, you need the Holy Spirit to give you correct diagnosis because we don't make good self-diagnosis. Wanda, you are, look in the mirror. My daughter just sent me a text. When I look at me, I'm an overweight old lady with glasses, with a terrible memory. But when my child looks at me, she says, Mom, you look beautiful. Really? Whoa, you think? Wow. When I look at, when Jesus looks at me, he says, bought with a price, a princess. He says, complete in me. He says, you're a royal priesthood. And you say. Because we don't diagnose well. And I've got to learn to believe his diagnosis of me when I was in, um, there's so many of those stories, because he's had to teach me this over years. But I had a patient. This man was a dark-skinned man. He was a bus driver. And he had gotten beat up on the bus. Some kids got on, was robbing him, and beat him up. And he ended up in the hospital with head injuries. And I would go by and see this man. And, and I would talk to him. and, and one day when I came by, I saw a young white fella sitting next to him. And this white, young white fella had this cute white baby. This baby was so cute. He looked like he was about six months old. He was dressed in lumberjack. I mean, he had, he had on flannel shirt and jeans and little boots. He looked like a little lumberjack. He was so fat and fluffy, he was cute as he can be. And this black man, looked at that white baby and said, that boy looks just like me. (laughs) I said, (laughs) head injury. (laughs) Because there's no way he could get one of them. (laughs) He can't get one. He can't do that. So another time I was there, and the young white man, young white fella, was sitting next to this old man, and he was asleep. And so I was talking to a young white fellow, he was about 23, and I said, how are you related to him, Mr. Billy? How are you related to Billy? And he said, he's my dad. (laughs) You think? (laughs) There's no way he can be your dad. So I asked the profound chaplain question, how can that be? (laughs) And he said, my brother and I have been homeless and we would get on his bus. And whenever we would get on his bus, he would say, you boys need to get off that alcohol, you need to go to school, you need to make something. He would always give us this long speech on how we should do. And every time we get on his bus, he would have this speech for it. But one day we got on his bus and we said, stop, don't even give us the speech. We said, you become our dad and we can do those things. And he took us home and raised us he is our dad. And now, one boy, one of the young men had his own business, and this one had this cute little baby. He said, He is our dad. And when I walked out of the room, I said, Lord, I understand now. When I look through, I look through eyes that are critical, and I can only see that it can be this. He only, David can't be righteous because look, he's an adulterer, and Solomon can't be saved because he got a thousand wives, and and look at Tamar, Lord, she's a prostitute, and how come, how come Clifton can, and how how can Lordy, But uh, and I come through, but God, when he looks at us, he says, she looks just like me. He looks just like me because he looks through eyes of love and sees himself in your face. Isn't that good news? Well, it's good news to me. When we have the oil of Christ's spirit in us, I look at you and say, you look just like Jesus. You look just like him. You look just like him. Him, when I have my own eyesight, I say, She can't look like him. Look at them fingernails all painted. Can't look up. Oh, he got tats. He certainly can't be looking like, but when I see, when my eyes change, he sees great things in you. And they wouldn't, it's good news to me anyway, set me free. And so, for good popcorn, what are the three things you need? Some and some I salve, only, and what I say? I say I salve, yeah. We don't want I salve, want I salve on your popcorn, ah, some oil, and some butter, you're right. Thank you for correction. And so, popcorn, Jesus can change us from this to this, and I am so glad that he is in the business of doing that. There was this um, rich, rich man, some you know, way back in a in a European town, kind of high up on the mountain, and he was getting old and he was dying. He wanted to leave his church. Uh, he wanted to leave the people in the village a a legacy, and he didn't know what to leave them. He could leave them all the money. He could do all that. He would leave them that, but he wanted to leave a legacy. So he decided that he would build them a church and he wouldn't let them see the plans, and he had the workmen come. And there on the mountain, he built this beautiful church. And when the church was opened, when it was all finished, all the people of the village came to the church. And when they walked into the church, it was a beautiful church, but it was so dark because there were no lights in there. And they said, well, it's a nice church, but we can't see. And he said, what I want you to do, I want you to look. And there there were little places to put candles and to put lanterns. And then he gave everybody in the village a lantern, a candle. And he said, when you come to church, you must bring your light. The only way the church will be lit is if you bring your light. If you do not come, there will be a place that's dark because you are not there. The legacy is for us. Jesus is changing us. He's calling us to look and smell like him, changing the whole world. And he's given a light, you are that light, and he will have you to come, and when you come, you change the whole environment of the church. When you're not there, there's an aroma, there's a light that's not, that, that's not there. And there's a darkness in the place where you should be. Not change metaphors. I went from light to popcorn to light. I like the story so y'all do hear it. <laughs> I'll give you one more story. I'm going to tell you one more story that should have been the one. Anyway, when I was up in Oregon, they did a they did a, um, a program there on depression. It was called "The Gift of Depression." The Gift of Depression." Isn't it amazing? And so this pastor in Foursquares Church came and he talked to us about depression, that depression is just anger turned inside Now. Anger turned outside can make you a lot of money, because then you can be a wrestler and you can knock folk down and make a lot of money, or you can be a football player, knock people down, beat them up. You can be a boxer or you can be a high powered executive. But when you turn anger inside, then you're depressed and you just sit there being real sad. Well anyway, he was a he was a pilot and he was a and he was in the Air Force and he was had a a major rank and he loved to fly. He said that was his main passion before he became a Christian. He said he loved to get way up there flying in his jet and he would be flying because he was the most powerful. He could see everything. He was above everything and he was flying one day and he was flying in Mach 1. That's faster than the speed of sound. And so He was flying and then he looked and above him, there went another aircraft. It went whoosh, much faster than his aircraft. Oh, that thing looked gorgeous. It looked like poetry in motion to him. He was delighted to see it as it left him there in the clouds. And he said, I've got to see this thing for myself. So he was able to, with his rank, be able to go through all the red tape And this another officer took him in to see this stealth. See, the stealth flies at three times the speed of sound. And so he went into this hangar, and there he saw this stealth. And he said when he walked in, he looked, and it looked horrible. It said its titanium shields were wide open. It was weeping fluid all over the place. The nose was hanging all down, and liquid was fluid was coming all out. He looked, it looked explosive and awful. And he walked around it, looking at it like, oh, is that what I saw? And the man that was his guide said, you're not impressed? He said, no, this thing looks scary. He said that's because it wasn't built to be in the hangar. It was built to fly higher than any other aircraft. He said, when this thing gets up to its altitude and it's flying, and that heat makes that those titanium t- titanium shields, they make the friction causes them to expand. And when they expand, they Fit together like a glove and they shut up all that fluid, and the nose expands so that it sits straight up. And when all that is sealed in, in that nose, it goes whoosh. And then that pastor looked at us and he said, He said, It was never designed to be in the hanger. He said, But some of you are hanger queens. Some of y'all come sit up in the church but your nose is hanging down. Weeping fluid, explosive folk can't even come close to you because you got so much attitude. (laughs) God didn't design you to come sit up in the church. You're not supposed to stay here. You come here for refueling. That's all. He said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall with wings like They shall run. They shall walk. You are designed to fly. You are designed to be all that, to be in the heavenlies. Y'all can't sit here. Don't just come for refueling. Come for refueling, but go fly. He's called us to be popcorn, to change the whole environment and to cause a thirst in people so that they want to taste and see that Jesus is good too. Amen? Amen. If you want to be popcorn, stand up with me right now.